everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. And no matter what ladder you're trying to climb, no matter what industry you're going to be, you want to be the top of, you have to be able to be a listener. Like if you cannot be a listener and you cannot take the time to process what everyone's telling you and to be an active listener, not just listen and like your urge is to reply and you're not even processing it, you're never going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be somebody that is going to be considered a thought leader or someone that they're going to look to or consider, you know, a powerhouse in the industry or whatever, because you think your opinion is more important than everybody else's. Welcome everyone to Hustle and Gather. We are a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and hustle every day. But we love what we do. And today we're talking with Megan Gilligan. Megan is a veteran wedding planner, podcast host, and international speaker. Between her own experiences and hearing others' stories firsthand as the host of Weddings for a Podcast, Megan now offers wedding planners an easier way to grow their businesses through her education and community membership, The Planner's Vault. Megan is also our very dear friend, and we are more than thrilled to chat with her today. Megan, welcome to Hustle & Gather. Ladies, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. We're so excited to chat with you. I know. In person. This is our first in-person podcast. I know. That's right. Yes, because it's all been over. This is so great. When we were on your podcast, we were in person. We were. And we were drinking. We We were were drinking. drinking. That's true. Yes. (laughs) I know. So we are so stoked to talk today about feedback. Uh, I think we've had private conversations about it. Um, Me and Courtney talk about feedback all the time, personally. Yes. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. What are you yeah. nervous about? Uh, you know, feedback is an interesting topic, and it's been a journey for me of the way that I viewed feedback years ago to where I am now. But I think it's something that we as entrepreneurs have to embrace, Absolutely. but it's not always easy. Yeah. 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 I know we say often like feedback is probably one of the most important things that you can do for somebody, mm-hmm. um, but also it can be one of the most, uh, the hardest things at the same time. Have you ever had to give someone really bad feedback? Yes. <laughs> yes, I you have. have. Yeah. And Were you married to that person? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what I hear you saying. What I hear you saying, yes. Yeah. Let's unpack that. Let's yeah. do it. No, I, so I started out in the corporate world working for Marriott and in my first like manager position, I was 23 years old. I was managing people that had been working at the hotel longer than I had been living, like actually living. And I was now their boss. That was a real introduction to me of the idea that you can read all the books, you can have a degree, but until you actually get your hands dirty and you're working in a position and understanding um, different personalities and how they're motivated and um, the way their brains work, not all feedback is the same. And I think I learned that through the School of Hard Knocks mm. yeah. via Marriott. How about y'all? 
Oh. I don't know. We started out as teachers. Yeah. Ooh, you have to be able to give feedback. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. get feedback because they would yeah. come in and like rate you on a piece of paper and yeah. like tell you whether or not you were a good teacher or a bad teacher. I think we shared this on the podcast. That yeah. one time I, uh, the principal came in and mm. did a observation. They're called observations. And I had my post observation meeting and he gets through it all. And I was like, Basically, I feel like I should give you my resignation after Aww. that. And he was like, no, you're a wonderful teacher. I'm like, that's that's not what you said. So, like, what's on here does not say I'm a wonderful teacher. And really, I'm doing you and the kids a disservice. And oh, I was like, well, that's not what I meant at all. It's like, well, if that's not what you meant, then that shouldn't be what you say. Mm. So he came back and did an observation that followed me to the class at that moment and never had a bad observation from that man again. Yeah, but, but I, th- I think it's a really good story as why people miss the mark on feedback. Yeah, what's your what's your point in giving this feedback? Right. Is it to get me to quit or is it to make me a better teacher? Mm-hmm. Right. So I always love it. I call it a happy sandwich. Yeah. So, Compliment sandwich yes. is what mm-hmm. I call it. Yeah. So these are things that I really love that you, that you did, things that I admire. And even if we're talking about performance, I didn't like their performance at all. It's just like I love maybe initiative or, you know, their attitude or Mm -hmm. um, the shoes they wore. I don't know. It's just something to compliment them on something. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of dive into the heart of the matter and you try to end on a happy note. I had one time a planner at the Bradford that was just terrible. And she had another wedding coming up. And normally she wasn't on the list. Mm -hmm. So normally we let them do one um, and then. You know, we ask them not to book anymore until they do that event. And if they're good, then they'll be approved to work there or whatever. Well, she booked two people, which was fine. And and she wasn't like terrible, terrible. It just wasn't the caliber of planner that we wanted at the Bradford. And she was like late and didn't have a great assistant. And her attitude was really crappy, which I just personally like that. It's like a Debbie Downer on the day. Mm-hmm. And so I called and I tried my happy sandwich. I was like, you know, I admire what you're doing. I know you're kind of new at this. I feel like you communicate with the client well on this point or whatever. Just a couple of things I thought that she did do really well. And then it's like, but, you know, for your next event, these are some things that I need to see changed in order for me to approve you and to move forward. And these are things I didn't really like, like, and, you know, I had feedback from my client, from my event director, and it was not good. Mm. She was not happy about it. She did not handle it well. She did not handle it well. And then she, I mean, she turned around and, tried to, I don't know, say like all the things that are wrong with the Bradford. And I was like, you are more than welcome to tell me what you don't like. That's fine. Like, I'm okay. Like I, it's fine. Like I, there could be some valid truth in that. Like I'll hear you out. And, and then it devolved into her crying about money. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> this is not the conversation I want to have. Defensiveness is probably the most common reaction to feedback. I would say you don't often have a conversation with someone and share feedback and they're like, you know what? (laughs) You're right. I should be more timely or I could have handled that situation better. Would you agree? It feels like defensiveness 99% of the time is what you likely should expect. Right. But why do you think that is? I think that is because no one enjoys being told they weren't good enough or they didn't meet your expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think sometimes I also think if you're caught off guard, yeah, that is a really hard way to receive feedback. So if you have a scheduled conversation and you know that it is time to talk about how things have been going, I think your mindset is a little bit more prepared for right. the idea of receiving right. feedback, but perhaps in, um, 
personal relationships, we don't always have that scheduled meeting, right? Like that's where <laughs> yeah. we're like, why do you put the dishes in the dishwasher this way or whatever that is? And that is where you're not delivering feedback in a kind way and they're definitely not open to receiving it. I have, I have two thoughts about it. I think that feedback is harder to receive the more effort you put into something. Like when you felt like you have given your all, mm -hmm. given your best, sacrificed to do something or be something or whatever, and then you have feedback that that wasn't good enough, I think it becomes like very personal and then you get really defensive about it. But if it's something like you know to be true about yourself, like if you were to say to me, like, why aren't you timely? I would have been like, because I'm not timely. Like, yeah. you know, that's just how it is. Like, it's not going to hurt my feelings. It's a truth that I know about myself, you know, and I accept it, Right. So I think it really depends on like how much effort you put into it. If I were like really trying to be on time or I thought that I, I made an effort and I scheduled things in advance and whatever, and you still were like, that wasn't good enough. Like maybe that would have hurt my feelings. But I also think that you're constantly receiving feedback, like constantly, whether it's like from like a commercial or, you know, advertisement that this isn't good enough and this isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. You need to tweak that, tweak this, whatever. Like, I think you're always in a state of constant self-evaluation and it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. So exhausting. Yeah. You know, so I think that people have a hard time with feedback because they're constantly receiving feedback. Yeah. I never thought about that yeah. way. Yeah. And I, I feel like for me, when I get feedback and I get defensive, it's because I'm just mad at myself because mm -hmm. 90% of the time there's a nugget of truth there mm -hmm. and it just pisses me off that there's a truth there. Unless it's coming for me, it's 99% of the time. <laughs> I think <laughs> I can relate to that as well. And I think for me, I, okay, so Courtney, you mentioned giving it your all, like mm -hmm. you're, you're giving everything, you're trying your very best. And then for me, I have that real harsh inner critic, super, super harsh. So when someone brings something to me of I didn't meet their expectations, it confirms something internally like, yes. oh, I knew I wasn't good enough and they just confirmed it. Mm -hmm. So that is an area of growth that I am still working on as a, you know, I've, I've been a wedding planner for 11 years. I've been in the industry longer and still those moments there's been little baby steps of growth but as a boss and a leader of others feedback is still something I'm imperfect at yeah you should only operate at 75 percent and then you don't care <laughs> it's a marathon not a sprint lady this is like a personality uh disagreement here that mm -hmm. I just don't function that way I yeah just, I don't find I'm totally the same way yeah and she is and I, what really makes me mad too, and I have a hard time is when I do feel like I give my all and I know that I've done the best that I could do. And I know that, but I can like reflect on it and say, well, if I hadn't made this mistake, if I hadn't done this, I could have given more effort mm. or I could have done that better. You know, like the other day I had to go pick something up and I had, I emailed them. I said, Hey, I'm going to come pick this up. It was 45 minutes away. It was out of my way, but I had to do it for this meeting. So I wanted to have it. I get there and they only handed me half of it. And I was like, where's the other half? And they're like, oh, well, the person that say you ordered the other half or whatever. And I was like, I can't just put this fabric in thin air. Like it needs the frame. Mm -hmm. And she, the person wasn't there, the, the boss. And so she's like, well, I have to see if you have it on the invoice or whatever. And I was so irritated. And I was mm -hmm. like, like, why would I lie to you about this? Whatever. But in my mind, I was like, I just wasted 45 minutes because what I should have done is I should have emailed and said, I'm picking up the step and repeat with the fabric and the mm -hmm. case please make sure it's there, mm. you know, but that person should have done their job. They should have. Yes. 
but you know, but you you beat yourself up. You can, you can always bring it back to, because I also recognize that I'm not a perfect human. And so I don't ever want to come across as like, this is all your fault. I'm like, well, I guess I did have fault in this. Mm -hmm. I did have fault that I didn't clarify what I needed, Mm -hmm. you know, even though it seemed obvious. It did seem obvious, you know, but yeah, I can see that. Yes. One thing that, um, came up for me, Courtney, when you said there's always feedback, like you're always receiving Mm it. How do you discern good feedback from bad feedback? Luckily, Mm. and not luckily, I'm one of those people who value my opinion above others for the most part, (laughs) right? So I filter. Luckily for you, it's really shitty for me. So I filter a lot of things through like how I know. Through how I feel or if that like resonates with me personally, I spend a lot of time doing yoga and meditation and like clearing my mind. And so I feel like I have, I'm I'm not saying like perfectly, but I have a opinion of myself or like an expectation or a truth that I hold on to. And I'm not saying I can't accept feedback. I can. Like we have to have feedback all the time. We're in a partnership. That's marriage. Sometimes it's yelling. You know, sometimes it's yelling. Sometimes it's ugly. And sometimes like I lose my shit, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I've popped off emotionally. And I know I was wrong. You know, and Dana can say to me like, you know, you just recently, Mm -hmm. just recently, like in all truth and honesty, Mm -hmm. we have our biannual sister blow up and it just happened. right? So we had a blow up. I lost my shit on Dana because my feelings got hurt. And. I don't deal with really strong emotions because I don't have really strong emotions very often. So when I do, I'm like, something must be terribly wrong. It's, you know, like the Mount St. Helens of emotions. Mm-hmm. And Dana was like, your timing is bad. I'm not saying this what you said was invalid, but like the way that you approach it didn't give me any options to like have a productive conversation with you at that time. Mm. And like. It was on the way to a wedding. Just right. to be clear. I was at a wedding. <laughs> wow. She pissed me off beforehand. Wow. And so. Like, I'm, I'm going to work. <laughs> but I like couldn't focus. So I was like, I've got to get this off my chest. And, oh, gosh. You know, so it was it was a bad situation. I'm not saying it was right. It was definitely wrong <laughs> for sure. I see the growth. Right, right. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen in six months. I'm going to try, <laughs> you know. Um, but so I think that getting back to that, like, so for me, I know myself, like, and I know, I know when I'm putting in 75% of effort. I know when I'm putting in 100% of effort. I know when I'm not giving two shits. I know when I'm carrying a lot. And so I just kind of take what's – and I think you're always interacting with humans, so there's always, like, that human element. And I believe that there's really no truth, right? Because everything that's happened is filtered through somebody else's perspective and is filtered through my perspective. And we're just trying to come to a happy, happy medium. So – I don't know. I, I take it all kind of with a grain of salt and I really filter it through how it makes me feel or what I know is my truth. And I know there's times that I like didn't put it all in. And I know there's times where I wasn't the best Courtney that I could be and in that sister situation. I wasn't. And I can be super productive on the other end. Like I can say like, hey, this is my fault. This is what I'm feeling. This is verbalize how I feel now and get to the other side of it. So. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to feedback, when we're talking about professionally mm-hmm. and personally, yeah. yours is an interesting dynamic because it's mixed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. in another business setting, it might be just the professional feedback. Right. But yours, like, commingles. You have this, like, you know, decade-long relationship of knowing the inner workings and you're expecting how she's going to respond to mm-hmm. something. And I think that's that's something just... But you could speak to that. Too. I mean, mm-hmm. you work with oh yeah, your husband. Yeah, and we are very different as well. So yeah. Jason is a lot like you, mm-hmm. Courtney, mm-hmm. and I'm a lot like you, Dana. And we have that. Um, I can receive feedback professionally. Yeah, 
very well because mm-hmm. I believe I wear some sort of um, I don't I don't know what I would call it. I can I can hear it. Yeah. You could say, "Hey, you worked a wedding at the Bradford. Mm-hmm. We felt that this 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 didn't go well." And Which, I, by the way, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <That's> <laughs> Um, I can hear that and process it mm-hmm. and I might feel defensive inside and be countering back to it, mm-hmm. but I have trained myself over the years to hear it like from employees, from wedding industry vendors, from peers, I can hear it and feel one way, take it back, process it, and then have a better response mm-hmm. I am not there as much personally, like personally, when it's someone that is like in your inner circle and they know you intimately and know like all the ways that your brain um, processes information, I definitely have that initial defensive reaction. I'm totally the same way. I do have one tip that I picked up from therapy (laughs) about um, feedback that maybe is helpful for those of you that are listening. And it is to ask permission to share the feedback Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, hey, I want to tell you that I was really frustrated that you showed up late to the meeting because I felt like you didn't respect my time. Um, Instead, asking like, hey, can I share with you something that upset me about our meeting yesterday? And you have to say, well, I would hope that you, (laughs) I don't know, Courtney, you could be like, (laughs) No, I think okay. I'm going to pass on that. No, I'm good. <laughs> I, I feel good with knowing what I know. Um, but getting that buy-in from that other person, whether it is a team member or a business partner or a spouse, but saying like, hey, can I share with you how this made me feel? I believe brings down that um, fence. Maybe a little. No, I totally agree. I think yeah. it helps so much because I think being caught off guard is literally the worst because mm-hmm. you, your mind's going a million miles a minute. You're trying to put context to what's happening. You can't even process it. And if someone said that to me, I would say, you know, let's have a conversation this time. And I'm thinking like, what did I do in that meeting? You're replaying it and you're and you're already thinking of things that maybe they're not even thinking about, you mm-hmm. know, that you could also say like, yeah, I, I understand. I feel that, you know, mm-hmm. be able to come to the other side of it and have a productive conversation. Yeah. I think for me, like personally, it's harder too. Cause like what most people don't know is I'm a very considerate and considerate person. Like if you are like in my inner circle and you're someone that I interact with a lot, like I am super considerate mm-hmm. of the people whom I love, like thinking about what their needs are and like, how can I help accommodate that? And I'm a yes, yes, yes person business. Like I'm just not like even with my clients, I'm very boundaried. Mm. I feel like it's important to like have that separation of like the personal and business. Like I don't ever get too emotional with a client that I'm making a bad business move. It all comes back to that for me. Like I'm not going to be the one that volunteers to get up on a 12 foot ladder. I hate heights and like hang something from a ceiling. Like I'm just not going to do it. Whereas Mm -hmm. Dana is very much that way. Like, oh, we can do that. Like, we're going to make that work. That's your dream. I'm going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't never make it happen at the expense of myself or like my employees. That's just how I am. So it's not, I don't have anything emotionally invested. So if someone comes back, like with feedback uh, from a client perspective, like I can take it. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a business transaction at the end of the day. It's so interesting because I like totally think I'm, I get so personal. I feel like my business is so personal. Mm -hmm. 
And it is so, people that made business are personal. No, I know that. But I mean, even just the business in general, like it's because, you know, when you, every bad review, whether it's even me or it's uh, one of my girls and I can be defensive for them, but at the end of the day, you're messing with my business that like mm-hmm. I built that I love, you know? Yeah. And, um, it is really hard for me to accept it on a business level to an extent. If I, if I feel like there really wasn't a value, like it wasn't valuable, they're doing it just to be mean or hurtful or mm-hmm. just to their objective is to, in their mind, you know, knock you down a peg, then it does offend me and it does infuriate me. Like, but see, but I think when you keep that relationship separation, Mm -hmm. it doesn't get personal. Like we, I've had one bad review that we did a, we did a wedding together. They didn't want to hire a caterer. They had uh, stuff just brought in and we were at, Dana and I were together. Someone was pregnant. I can't remember who Um, we were acting as the servers as well. So making sure everything is buses in this, their parents' backyard. And they had these two great Danes that kept knocking over the busing trays. And like, so we'd go back and like clean it up. We just didn't want them to be left with a mess. And the review was basically like, they're nice and helpful. But they weren't present. They weren't present on our day. And Courtney hardly has a personality. I remember that. Oh, I was like, so interesting. But they weren't present on the day, right? Like they were, and we were like, we were being your servers. Like we thought that's what we were just trying to be what you needed at the time. And it really gave us a hard lesson and stay in your lane you know I'm not ever going to be your server again uh but for me like that's the only like negative review or encounter that I've had with a client now I've had some conversations where they were like I I think recently like last 2019 we all had like a really difficult client and I had a difficult client and she wasn't overly happy at the end of it because she felt like she really enjoyed me on the day but really didn't get to know me and the planning process. Now oh. she was super aloof. Like so, she needed a Dana. Right. She couldn't make a decision, and uh-huh. I mean, she was making decisions. And right you up were just like, "Come moment. on, let's do this." Yeah. And I was like, "All right. Well, like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I call it on the conveyor belt. Like at the end, you're on the conveyor belt. Whatever happens, it's gonna happen. Say la vie. I'm gonna like put out the fires when I'm there, but like, you're not gonna help plan it, and whatever. We're just gonna go. So it was one of those, right? And she was like, "Oh, you're." You're so much fun. And I feel like I can see this relationship on social media you have with other clients. And we didn't have that. And we had a conversation post-wedding about it. And, you know, nothing really ever came of that situation at all. But I felt like it was because I had a boundary. I wasn't, like, trying to be her friend. I wasn't trying to do things that were out of the scope of what I was hired to do. So there weren't any of those, like, feelings and emotion. And we could just have a frank conversation about it. And that was the end of it, right? So I think sometimes when you kind of – move that boundary, you get into that personal space. And I think for everybody, when you're in that personal space is when that feedback gets so difficult and mm-hmm. personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Like, yeah. what about as leaders? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so you have a team of people that work with you. We also work with other business owners in our industry. How does feedback play into like you receiving it as a leader from your team? I I actually really welcome it because I think that is the thing I want to excel the best and be the best at. Um, and so for me, it's very much, I want to hear like, where am I failing you? Um, because I want to be better. I, I feel like it's hard when as a planner, like I feel like I'm a great planner. I, I don't know if I can be any better. So it's almost like wasted breath, like yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, if it's something having to do with me, my job performance specifically, you know, but for as a boss, like I do really welcome it and we, we ask for it. And, yes. um, mm-hmm. and what we have found to be really helpful is to ask them ahead of time, like, Hey, we're going to have this one-on-one. Yes. Please come with things you want to talk about. And we always started like, this is a safe space. 
you know, you can say whatever you want. And there's been lots of things that have come up. It's been like, you know, we love the office, but it's extremely loud and chatty. Like I'm, I'm unproductive because no one stops talking, you know? <laughs> so we're like, okay, Accurate. well, we need to have a quiet room then, mm-hmm. you know, we need to set some rules for that or feedback of, you know, we had these meetings on the calendar and you guys continually move them because you're, when they're like, we understand you're busy, but it's hard to mm-hmm. plan my schedule when you are constantly moving these meetings that we said were going to be set in stone. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. There's so much power in asking yeah. for feedback yes. and creating a space where your team or the people in your life feel safe that you are welcome. You're welcoming of that. I wish that more industry pros would ask for that. Oh, I know. Like yeah. other vendors, you mean? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I wish well, that they would. We've tried. We have tried in several occasions and we just get that like defensive response. Like we had a situation recently where we were giving another vendor feedback and they were not having it. No. And it hurt our relationship. And I think it's so hard as a leader uh, in the industry giving that feedback. And especially when you have other teammates that work under you, right? Like replacing multiple planners places. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to burn a bridge, like say with a venue or someone that's sending you business, but at the same time, you need to speak up and advocate Mm -hmm. for what's going on and, you know, your employee, but it's like such a fine line. It's like this, it's like this dance, but it's like this weird, like your eyes are open unveiling thing too at the same time. So as hard as that was, and it was, I, I definitely, at the end of that conversation, I was like, I totally effed up. Like, I just we're messed, not on that list anymore. <laughs> like, I think I just burned this bridge. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to be back there. And I was upset for it in the moment. And then I like really processed it. And I was like, but you know what? Like, if this person isn't going to be a team player and their objective from here on out is to continually prove that we are not good at what we do and they are going to talk behind us to the client they aren't going to, you know, they're going to throw us under the bus at every opportunity. I don't want to be mm, there. Right. And that's not a relationship that I want to be a part of. And so, and I feel like to me, that's a really good indicator when I can have a conversation with a, with a vendor and say, I could be nice about it and say, like, we love working with you. We love being there. But mm. these are some things that were really concerning for us that, you know, as a boss to a boss, I think you should know this, but how your employee yes. is coming across. Do with it what you want, but just trust me when I'm, I'm saying this not to put you down and because I care about you as a person, mm-hmm. like I know you other in other ways, you know, and if they can take that and move forward with it, whether they take my advice or not, or whether they take the feedback or not, but they can still be a cordial, nice person and a relationship isn't mm-hmm. like, ruined, yeah. then that's someone I want to be in business with. And I think that that is the ultimate goal, right? To be able to share feedback with compassion. Right. And um, without judgment. But again, going back to 99% of the time, I feel like people receive feedback defensively. Mm. We, we know that. We've had those conversations. And I think the general plan of attack, not plan of attack, but the general way that it's handled within our industry is you work with a wedding industry vendor. The job is not good. Mm-hmm. You don't share the feedback. Right. You just say, like, they're off my list. Right. I'm not working with them yeah. anymore. And that's um, not great. That's right? just sad. Because I, if I'm to be judged on the very first event I worked with somebody, I mean, yeah. Lord, help us all. Oh, my gosh. And we're all humans, yes. right? Like, we all we all make mistakes. We all have days that, like, we show up and we're not the best Courtney or the best Absolutely. Dana or the yeah. best Megan. That is something that I have been 
with the wedding planners in my membership. It's like, gosh, every event, ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. You're building your business. Like you're just getting started. Open the door to let them share with you because otherwise they're just going to be like, "Mm, no, she didn't do a good job. Like she's out. Right. Yeah. Because right. well, it, it shows them that you care to be better mm-hmm. and you care to meet their standard if you missed it or, mm-hmm. you know, and it gives you opportunity for that relationship. Because I, I mean, this industry is all about relationship. You know, you work with your friends and the people mm-hmm. you like to work with, the ones that send you business, the ones that make it fun, the ones that do a good job. And I think sometimes, and I know for us personally, some of our best relationships are with uh, other professionals that things did not go well. And the yeah. way that they handled the back end of that just endeared them to us even more, Mm -hmm. right? Like being able to be humble and being able to see where they were wrong and making it right and whatnot. Those are the people I want to work with because I know it's Mm -hmm. not going to go perfectly. Well, and it also gives you almost like, uh, like there's almost a weight lifted when you're in a, when you have, when you walk into a wedding and you have a solid vendor group and they're like, these are all amazing professionals. They're great. Right. And you walk in and one of them messes up. And there's almost like this, oh, well, you're, you're human. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and yes. so you feel like, okay, it's okay. It happens. And I feel like across any profession, right? Like if you surround yourself around professionals and you see each other fail and succeed and fix the failure and, you know, bolster each other up, I think it's, it becomes a really great community, which is what feedback I think instills. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. I like when I listen to a podcast, I like to hear something like the tips. I like Mm -hmm. to hear like, okay, this is helpful. That's my takeaway. Um, So if you were to share uh, one major tip or your biggest advice when it comes to either accepting or receiving, you can go either direction. I I mean, I think for me, accepting is kind of exactly what you said Mm -hmm. is I, I take, I take the information I don't respond in the moment. I will always be kind and nice um, unless they're yelling at me and mm-hmm. I'll just hang up the phone mm-hmm. and then I will I have to process it. I am a processor and I think it is really healthy to process it. And I think that no matter what the feedback is, there's always a kernel of truth. Sometimes that kernel is like minuscule and sometimes it's really big. Right. So and I always try to find like, where is the truth in this? And then I make the decision, is this going to be something that I internalize and I change? Or is this going to be something that I say, you know what, that doesn't matter. They're because, entitled to feel yes. the way they feel, but I'm not going to own right. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to, it's not going to be my burden to bear. Yeah. Um, That's really so. good. I love that advice, that, that pause, yes. just that listening mm-hmm. um, and hearing it and then taking a moment to process. Whereas initially our gut reaction is just respond right in the moment and defend yourself. So, well, I think if you want to get anywhere in life, no matter what ladder you're trying to climb, no matter what industry you're going to be, you want to be the top of, you have to be able to be a listener. Like if you cannot be a listener Mm -hmm. and you cannot take the time to process what everyone's telling you and to be an active listener, not just listen and like your urge is to reply and to just waiting to hear what you can say back to them. And you're not even processing it. You're never going to be a leader. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be somebody that is going to be considered a thought leader or someone that they're going to look to or consider, you know, a powerhouse in the industry or whatever, because you think your opinion is more important than everybody else's. Yes. I love so. that. That was, that was super great. What about you, Courtney? No, I think that if you are giving feedback and you're like, whether it's like personally or professionally, and you're feeling very like emotional about it, I think writing it out. Cause I think mm-hmm. oftentimes 
for me personally, like my words get stuck when I'm like in an emotional space and I am not able to succinctly say what it is that I'm trying to say. And I think sometimes writing it out, whether that's like send, not necessarily sending them a letter, that would be my mom's advice is write them a letter. Mm. Having a hard time, write them a letter. You know, <laughs> My mom uh, used to do that to yes, me, send no. me emails in college. But journaling, <laughs> like journaling it out, right? And kind of like writing out your thoughts and like getting to the bottom of it. And I think sometimes when you're reading what you're thinking or the feedback that you're trying to give, it makes it clear as to what you're trying to say. And then you could be a little more succinct in a conversation and give that information. Yeah. I practice in my car all the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By myself. I pretend what the other person's gonna say. I think about all the alternate reality like alternate oh, yeah. conversations and what they could say back to me. And then so and I do it a couple of times. So when I'm in the conversation, I feel prepared. Yes. That only works when you're like in a less emotional state. Because if I were to do that, like if I were like, I'm preparing for a conversation I'm gonna have with Dana after a sister blow up, I would just be pissed before that conversation <laughs> even started if I were like, this is what Dana's gonna say and this is what Dana's gonna say. And then oftentimes she surprises me and that's not what she says. But I'm already pissed about what she could have said in my head. Yeah. You know? Yes. You're pissed before Don't. she's even said yeah. anything. Yeah. That's right. Not be productive. Oh, I think mine would be be curious. Mm-hmm to learn more. So it goes back to the idea of one asking. So receiving, mm-hmm. asking and being curious to where that's coming from. So learning more about what they have to say and going back to the asking I do, I think asking permission to share and bringing down that. I've done that before with Jason and I could say it works. So yeah. <laughs> great advice well just being able to like get their buy-in in the conversation instead of them feeling like they walked in the door and you attacked them that would be my advice yeah I have have a bonus one that mm. actually I think is great um that when I'm in a conversation and someone's giving me feedback to something and I and I'm feeling that like that gut you know like oh like this they're wrong I don't like I did everything right I will say back to them I said I'll say how would you have done it Ooh. like what would you have done Wow, that's really good. And it's been really helpful because there's a lot of times they would reply back and say, I would have done X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, that is a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, so like it brings the temperature mm-hmm. down because you're like, oh, okay. And then sometimes they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, don't what, like how I did the best that I could in that moment because that was what I thought was the best decision. Yeah. And if you, after processing and thinking about it, can't think of a better solution, then that's one of those things where you're like, all right, well, appreciate you saying that. Yeah. You know? I knew I did the best that I could do. Yeah. But asking, like, what would you do? How would you have handled that? Like, I really love that. That yeah. that kind of empowers them as well to feel right. like they can share. Because isn't that why they're giving feedback? Is mm-hmm. because they feel like they could have done it better mm-hmm. or it should have been done better or they had the advice to give you. Yeah. Right? I, um, I just talked about this on Weddings for Real in a podcast episode about difficult conversations. But Mm -hmm. at Marriott, they trained us on the LEARN model, Mm -hmm. which I lean on like the first four letters of this, which is listen. Mm -hmm. So just listen, hear it. Mm -hmm. We've said that. Empathize. So acknowledge their feelings of, I I can understand how that would be frustrating. Or I, I see where that would have been upsetting to you. And then apologize. So I'm sorry that you were made to feel that way. Or I I apologize that I put you in that position unknowingly Mm -hmm. and then react. So it's like, I think oftentimes we probably go the opposite direction Mm -hmm. of the R, the react at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then you have to apologize. apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've never thought about it this way. But Mm -hmm. yeah, you go react, apologize, 
maybe a little bit of empathy. And I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Damn it. So that sometimes I have to walk that through yeah. in my head as well. But I love that tip of asking them, well, how would how would you have handled it? But yeah. not in a like, well, how would you have handled it? Right. That's the key. <laughs> not in a defensive way. It's perfect. I'm sure you like, have a, a plan mm-hmm. for everything. <laughs> Take a deep breath and say and yeah. say it. Yeah, totally. But yeah. I think that's a great model. We I mean, we got tons of feedback during the COVID about how terrible we are oh, and man. contracts and all that stuff. So, But it was always empathizing that would the very first thing was, I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm so sorry that this is this is happening to you. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand the emotions that's going on, you know, and really validating that feeling that they feel unheard, mm-hmm. that they feel like nobody cares, that they feel like they have to make impossible decisions. Mm-hmm. Those are all true things. You have to make an impossible decision. And I'm sorry that you have to make it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I would never wish this upon anyone. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it always, most of the time it diffused. Sometimes yeah. it just made them you know, some people just take mm-hmm. it as, you know, more empowering, but yeah. um, it's definitely a tactic we use a lot in those conversations. And Dana, I think this was a conversation that you and I had a few times over COVID was as business owners in an industry that was just absolutely falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were having to show up for our team for our clients, for other wedding industry vendors. Mm -hmm. Our home life was completely out of sorts from what the norm was. And I know that I had moments over the last 18 plus months where my empathy tank was on E and not not the good E. It Mm -hmm. was the empty. Um, And I was showing up as this tired burned out ragged version of myself and it's really hard to hear feedback in that state so that my reason for mentioning that is I think if you feel that you are in that place of just you don't respond to it well that's probably a sign that like you need you need to pour back into you a little bit to get to a healthy spot to hear feedback or if you're constantly defensive like you you don't you think you have it all figured out and you don't like it when someone tells you that you're not doing something the right way. Perhaps that is like deep down you are just like you're driving the struggle bus. Right. I, now. I think oftentimes the way that people respond to you is an indicator of where they're at and mm-hmm. not necessarily where what you're doing. It's the tip of the iceberg yeah, of whatever right, is right. going on underneath. Right. Yeah. But how would you respond? So I feel like, and there has been a couple of times, like me and my husband have done this, and um, we have started that, I think a couple of years ago, that, hey, can I tell you something that really annoyed me or bothered me? Mm-hmm. And I'll say no. Like, <laughs> I do. I do. And not I'm like, right I am not in the headspace, so this is going to be productive. Yeah. Like, we can talk about it in two days. Okay. So then I have another therapy tip for you. My therapist said that instead of like just saying to, can I tell you something? You have to invite them into an intentional conversation. Mm -hmm. So I would say, hey, Courtney, I don't know if now is a good time or if you want to find time that we can chat tomorrow morning. But I would love to talk about how things have been going with like scheduling for us the last few weeks. And you might be like, today's not a good day. Like yeah. I have a really crazy day. Things are intense and I'm not going to respond in the way that you want me to. But yes, let's chat tomorrow morning at nine. I guess that's when you start planning out your responses. You're like, well, she's probably going to say this. And um, I used to, that would really throw me for a long time. Oh like, no, but she I, wouldn't let you do that. She'd be like, what is, what is it? What is it? What do you need to say? What do you need to oh, say? And I'm like, actually, yeah. I kind of can relate to that as well. 
Yeah. So you got to know your audience. Like that would not be as productive for me. It would be productive to say like, hey, I want to have a conversation or whatever. Can you meet an hour? And I'd be like, okay, sure. But if you're like, I'm going to talk about this two weeks from next Tuesday, Mm -hmm. I'd be pissed at you all in between. I'd be like, let's just have it out. I I am that way as it relates to my team. So if my team is like, hey, can I talk to you? Can we find time next week to talk about whatever? No, let's talk about it now. I'm like, literally, I will call you right this moment. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Because we will be fretting it the whole time. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, but which I understand and I get mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, like when you when you force somebody to have a conversation that they aren't ready to have, because a lot of times, especially for me as a planner, I'm saying, OK, I know this is bothering me. I know that I need to get this off my chest, but I haven't really processed it fully enough to have a cohesive conversation or to get to the root of why I feel what I feel, because I truly believe that a lot of times there's a root cause to how I'm feeling mm-hmm. something. And so when I say like proactive, like, hey, I really want to talk in the next week about work schedule, whatever. And and I, I'm just proactively saying in a week I'm going to be ready. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be ready to talk about this. And then you come at me and you're like, I mean, you come at me <laughs> all the things. And it's and then it just makes me angry because I'm like, that's not what I really meant. And then I and then I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not an I'm not a nice person when someone comes at me like that. That is 100 percent the truth. And so then I just get ugly and I'll say, I'm like, that was really ugly, but you forced me to say it because you made me have this conversation. <laughs> really, well, it's your fault. <laughs> really, you need to know your audience. Like it's, yeah. it's going to work with some people and it's not going to work with That's other people. True. You have to know your audience. Like, yes. You should always be able to say, like, if someone's like, hey, I want to have a conversation. I'm not ready to have that this hour. And you can yeah. come yes. to an agreement. Yeah. Just put someone on like, I'm going to talk to you in two weeks about X, Y, Z. For me, I would just be worried I, I, about I, it. I agree. Being called in the principal's yeah. office and you're just waiting for your punishment. So, th- you know, I, I think know your audience, yeah. pause, listen, yes. ask for um, permission, stay curious. The the thought that you had about like, how would you handle it? Mm-hmm. That allows you to hear yes. what their expectations were instead of yes. trying to figure that out in your head and assume what they want. You just straight up ask them. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. 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 There's no question. What you yeah. Should do next time. Mm. But good stuff. Yeah, I so know. Good. Yes. It's well, been amazing. It has been great. Yeah, so fun to podcast in person. I know. It's definitely a different energy. It is I know. different than a Zoom call. Yeah. Well, as we, I know we're coming up on our time, 10 minutes. Okay. Oh, Gosh, yeah. we should just do lightning round fun questions. I know. We okay. Should. Okay. okay. That, that's your game, well, that's right? Your, that's your gig. <laughs> like, I did not prep for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to an area of growth for you for uh-huh. feedback, I'm going to start with Courtney. Yeah, <laughs> Courtney's like, I am who I am, <laughs> and I'm comfortable. With I've that. been which, this way for which almost I proud. For I mean, almost forty years. I'm about to turn forty. I just am who I am. Yeah, that's what it is. It's true. So, what does it look like? Where do you grow? I mean. I feel like I've done a lot of growth. I'm still on a, a growth trajectory for sure. I, For me, it was realizing that I did have problems and I wasn't on a pedestal and I wasn't perfect. That's a big yeah. area. Like especially growth. like uh, my relationship with my husband. There was a lot of, which hasn't always been smooth sailing and whatnot. Um, and we're very different All personalities. Marriages, He's yeah. very similar actually to Dana in the way that he responds and whatnot. Um, so I still surrounded, mm-hmm. but it's fine. But I think realizing that I play a part in that too, like in whatever may not be working or problems mm-hmm. or whatever, because I tend to be very 
controlling and driving the ship. Like I'm definitely like a ship driver, right? Mm -hmm. So when the ship goes awry, I wasn't able to look inward and be like, oh, maybe it's the driver. And I thought it was people who were paddling for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's Dana and Mikhail, by the way. And (laughs) so I feel like just being able to look at, okay, like owning, owning, owning my shit, not just displacing it on somebody else, I think was a big part of being able to accept feedback and grow for feedback. And I like that. That's, that's huge. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think my biggest growth area and probably personal feedback is um, how I communicate. And I was just talking to Courtney about this the other day, actually, because I um, just started with a new therapist and we were talking about ways you speak. There's passive conversation. There's aggressive conversation. There's assertive conversation. And in my mind, I, I feel like I'm a passive person, like when I'm having a conversation with somebody like and passive just means you are only considering their emotions and not your own. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which Courtney's shaking her head over here. And then uh, aggressive is when you are just super aggressive. Like you are like not belittling, but you are just very like short, quick. You don't consider what they have to say. It's just your opinion. Mm-hmm. And then assertive is when you kind of mix the both. You kind of come to this compromise, like where you're not letting someone walk all over you. You're saying your truth, but you're also saying in a way that is um, understanding their emotions and in a way that they uh, that they can absorb it, right? Like well-rounded. Well-rounded, right. And so we're going through this like worksheet or whatever. And I realize that I actually am a very aggressive communicator. Really? Yes, um, when it comes to personal. Um, and I think that is, there was a disconnect because what I emotionally was feeling was very passive. What I emotionally was feeling was very much like I'm trying to compromise. I'm trying to come to terms with the martyr. Yes. Very martyr. Like we've talked about this. You and I very, very, very much a martyr. And then, but what the words were coming out was not actually how I was feeling. Mm. And, and it's not even about like raising your voice. It's not about yelling. It's not about, you know, even a tone of voice. It's just the words that you use to describe how you're feeling or to say yes or to, or to say no, you know? And so that was like a huge thing. And I'm, I literally just a few weeks ago had this with my therapist. So I was like, oh my gosh. And I realized how much I do not create almost like a safe conversation sometimes because I feel like I, what I'm saying is my emotions are more important than yours. Like what I have to say is more important. How I feel is more important, even though it's not what I think. It's how I'm communicating. I do that a little bit because I am empathetic and a feeler. I believe that I better understand yes. than the other person. Yes. No, so true. <laughs> like, especially like my husband is Jason. He's much more of like a logical fact thinker. And so I'm like, he doesn't really understand the deeper meaning. Right, right, right. And that's not fair. Yeah. No, it's not yeah, fair. That's not fair. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time in that emotional space. Like, oh, I so like live in the emotional that space. That feels that I, I I hear that, and I think about like you and Jason and other people in my life that are like that. I'm like, gosh, the mental load that I could take off of not doing that would be really. I would I would welcome it. I would welcome that. <laughs> yeah, but you can't shut it off. No, you can't. Like but you can't. You have to, I think you have to learn that because you're having the emotion. That doesn't mean it's factual or true oh that is yeah that you know, is you're just definite. having an emotion so mm-hmm. you're experiencing it mm-hmm. and just be able to experience it and move beyond it or whatnot I think is super important but there's definitely times like there's there's definitely times like I said most of the blow-ups I think happen because of me because I feel like I'm constantly considering other people like I consider 
in my communication. I consider our employees. I consider Dana. I consider Mikhail. Like I'm a very considerate person, like I said, to my inner circle. And I will bend over backwards. I'll change my schedule. because, And it's not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. But when I feel like I consider, 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 and then like I'm not considered, when I feel like it's needed is when it just, for me, it's like an emotional, mm-hmm. like I said, eruption. And I haven't even dealt with it at that point because I haven't had all the little emotions along the way to be like, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. And you're like, nope, it just comes. So I don't know if Jason's like that, where it's like, fine, fine, fine. Nope, not fine. No. Maybe that's the female portion of it. I don't know. I don't know where that is. Yeah. It's not in him. <laughs> I'm like, hello. No. <laughs> Let me poke until. Oh, I am totally the same way. I am a poker. <laughs> <laughs> I like, especially my husband, I'm like, I, and I, I don't know. I was like, I want him to get angry about it, to have the fight about it, to, yeah. like make, to make him care about to it. To make him mm-hmm. care. Yes. And he's just like, at the point, he's like, I don't want to fight with you. So whatever. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. Then it's going to happen again. Like, mm-hmm. I need you to understand the emotions that I feel right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. It is a, uh, it's so interesting how different people process dim- different informations and different situations. And I think that. That's just such a good reminder for us on this topic of feedback that we're all just messy and imperfect and you put assumptions on other people of how you think they are viewing a situation, but you just have no idea, which takes you back to why like we have to be curious and we have to ask questions and we have to something that really came to light for me in the whole pandemic is. I saw a lot of like people trying to control how others responded or shame them for how yes. they felt. That's just wasted energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just got the four minute sign. Oh, we're wrapping it up. Probably <laughs> outro. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming today and doing this live podcast. It's been yeah, so, much so much fun. fun. I yes. loved it. No, definitely I know. feels like therapy. It does. Feel it like does. Therapy. That yeah. is what hustle and gather is. I say it every week. It is like my therapy session. I have cried on it. I have come to deep realizations about myself on it. Yeah. Um, it's been great. So yeah. I love I love it. chatting with both of you. You're such um different people <laughs> that it's so it's always an interesting conversation. You never know what you're gonna get. That was yeah. the hardest learning curve for me, I think, just in general when you talk about growth is that I felt like we came from the same origin story. So I really thought that Dana thought so much more like me and I thought so much more like Dana. And it wasn't until we were like in the middle of business that I was like, we're oh. nothing alike. Like, <laughs> literally. What? Like literally what happened, mom? So, so different. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for gathering with us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Megan, we are going to make an old fashioned next week and we hope you'll get a yeah. chance to make it and cheers to all of us accepting more feedback so we can grow our businesses even more to learn more about megan and her businesses visit weddingsforreal.com theplannersvault.com or follow them on instagram at weddingsforreal or at plannersvault and to learn more about our hustles visit cndevents.com bradfordnc.com and hustleandgather.com or follow us on instagram at cndevents at the bradford nc and at hustle and gather and if you like this show be sure to subscribe leave us a rating and a review this podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.